podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the Whistleblowers Daily, the bite-sized show that gives you the football headlines and some concise opinion on each every weekday throughout the season. I'm Mark Smith. These are your football headlines for Thursday the 19th of January. Crystal Palace and Man United drew one all in an entertaining game at Selhurst Park last night. David De Gea made a great save from Odson Edward before Bruno Fernandes gave the visitors the lead on the stroke of half-time. Michael Elise then scored a fantastic free kick in the 91st minute to equalise. Casemiro wasn't able to avoid a yellow card, which means he's now banned for the game against top-of-the-table Arsenal on Sunday. The result leaves United eight points behind the Gunners, having played a game more. Palace are in 12th place on 23 points. Leeds are through to the fourth round of the FA Cup after a comprehensive 5-2 win over Cardiff at Elland Road. Willie Nonto was the star of the show, scoring twice. The first, a spectacular acrobatic volley after just 26 seconds. Patrick Bamford also scored twice, while Rodrigo also got himself on the score sheet. Leeds play either fifth-tier Boreham Wood or League One Accrington Stanley in the next round. Their game was postponed on Tuesday due to a frozen pitch. It's being reported that West Ham manager David Moyes could lose his job if his side lose to Everton on Saturday. The Times are claiming their drop into the Premier League relegation zone after securing only one point from seven games has persuaded the board that a change may be necessary. And in tonight's Premier League game, Man City hosts Spurs. Those are your headlines. Let's start with Crystal Palace Man United then. A decent game, an entertaining match, probably a fair result. Let's talk to comedian and Palace fan Chloe Petz. Hello. Um, oh, God. I didn't expect my um, voice to be that deep, but obviously we continued the pub session after the game last night, celebrating Michael Elise's wonder strike in the 90th minute. Um, all around me were shouting, don't shoot, don't shoot. But what do we know? Uh, he pinged it straight in. And I don't think it's a point that we didn't deserve. We hustled and bustled. We was sort of um, disciplined and diligent in a way that I hadn't seen for a while. Um, You know, in the Fulham game, we rolled over and capitulated. In the Tottenham game, we rolled over and capitulated. So the fact that we were still sort of in in it in the 90th minute was was really positive, even if we hadn't created much. We had the gay chance from a corner in the second half. In the first half, De Gea made an awesome save. Um, against Edward, we were right behind it and we all thought it was going in but um, that was really plucked out the top draw from De Gea I think the positives are is that Vieira made some changes where he'd been quite stuck with his kind of uh, attacking 4-3-3 which turns into a defensive 4-5-1 um, but we, it, it was basically a completely it would be a completely lightweight midfield with uh, Eze, Schlupp and Decore. And then we just get walked over. I mean, if Oliver Skip is running a midfield against your midfield, then you know that there's a problem. But what he did um, last night is he brought Will Hughes in, which we'd all sort of been calling for, because although Vieira might think that Hughes is a bit limited, he's a bespoke midfielder and he can fulfil that sort of James MacArthur role that James MacArthur can't do anymore, which is to... to uh, huff and puff about and disrupt things and get a foot in and he was really good at that there were three times in the first half where he did something amazing won the ball back beat a player and then his pass was off and I think as he gets more game time hopefully those passes will come together again but I see that as a way forward for Palace of just to sort of stabilise that midfield a bit and make us look a bit less lightweight um 
And I liked he played Mateta and Edouard up front as a sort of uh, front two, which is good because usually what will happen is when we play like a central striker, particularly a smaller one like or, or a smaller sort of quicker one like Edouard, uh, he'll often sort of drift out to the wing, pick up the ball, and then there's nowhere in, in the middle to receive a cross. So I guess playing two strikers, one will always hopefully be in the box. I thought it was slightly odd that he took off Mateta in the second half because Mateta's hold-up play was better than Edouard's. Edouard's got like the turning circle of the Titanic. Um, so it's pretty... Uh, yeah, his, his touch was poor and, and he, he wasn't great last night, but, you know, we got the point. And then the other thing, finally, is that he brought in, Vieira brought in Chris Richards, who is a player who we got in in the summer, a young guy, looks very quick, very strong, but hasn't really had any opportunities in the first team. It looks seems like Vieira didn't fancy him at all. Um, he played because Joachim Anderson is injured, when Joachim Anderson was out before James Tompkins played, we lost 3-0 to Fulham. James Tompkins got sent off. He looks old and well off the pace. So I'm glad Richards was given this chance. And he, he looked good. He he was unfazed in possession. He was fine running back towards his own goal when, when United tried to turn him. Um, so, yeah, positive, positive, positive all round. Um, I'm conscious that this is running so long, but the last thing I'll say is fair play to United as well. The first 20 minutes, they looked great. And I thought, oh, the, the, the fuss is real. Like, Ten Hag isn't a fraud. They look good. Obviously, they couldn't see it out. Um, but also fair play to the United fans. They were very loud and very good sports the whole way through. Um, and it was lovely to share the tube home with them. That was comedian and Palace fan Chloe Petz. Good stuff on Palace there. Let's talk about it from a United point of view. Because I think they were pretty good in the first half. They were dogged. They really got stuck in. They seemed more at it than Palace. But once they scored before half-time, that was sort of it. In the second half, they never really tried to get the second goal. Ten Hag afterwards was saying he was surprised and couldn't work out why they didn't go for that second goal. But they seemed more than happy just to try and contain Palace. Which is a risk. Because Palace, as we've seen have got several players that are capable of producing some magic out of nowhere. You know, it's not just Elise on, on, on dead balls, but you know Zaha is capable of anything. Ez is the same. Edward, as we saw in the first half, has got something in him. He can, he can make something happen out of nothing. So it's always risky against teams like that. Palace don't necessarily need to build from the back and have prolonged periods of pressure in order to score a goal. Very good on the break, and they almost won it in the end there. Great tackle from Wambasaka on Zaha to, to, to mean United get a draw from it. But it was one of those things where once Palace equalised in the 91st minute, United had three minutes to do something. And in that two or three minutes, they created more than they had done in the previous 45. So they'll be annoyed that they didn't try and put pressure on the way Spurs did against Palace a couple of weeks ago. Because the game was there to be won. If they'd really pressed on, they could have scored a second or a third. Uh, Weghorst, Voot, Woot, Vote. Wout, Weghorst, not completely sure how you say it. Uh, I thought he looked okay for a, for his first game. Some nice touches in the first half. I think he's not quite at the speed he needs to be um, for Premier League. It's just a, a case of a few games will do it. Get him match fit, get him essentially sharp for the Premier League because it is a different pace to, to Turkish football. But if the question is what what's better... Than Veghorst, what's the alternative to Veghorst? Well, at the moment, with Martial being out as he often is, 
the alternative to Veghorst is having no striker. So, you know, clearly this is this is preferable. And I think he's a decent player and it was a pretty solid first game. Moving on then, Leeds are through to the fourth round after a fantastic performance against Cardiff. Leeds haven't been scoring that many goals. Crescencio, some of those out, who's someone who's been really impressive the last few weeks. He's out for around a month. Um, but Bamford was back. Willie Nonto started. And the pair of them scored a brace each and, and looked fantastic. Nonto's first goal, if you've not seen it, I urge you to watch it this morning. Really, really impressive. Sort of bicycle kick, but I guess a vertical bicycle kick. The one that is not, it's not an overhead bicycle kick. It's, just watch it. It's great. But he was really good, really busy throughout. I saw the extended highlights last night and he was always available, always on the last shoulder. Looked really good. This is just a big result for Leeds, I think. Not not the fact that they're beating Cardiff. They would be expected to beat Cardiff. But the manner of it, the freedom with which they played, I thought was really impressive. And Jesse Marsh afterwards uh, was, you know, characteristically upbeat. Um, and rightly so. They've got difficult games coming up. They need to get some momentum into the team. And sometimes a cup result like this can can be the catalyst for that. Finally then, it is being reported by the Times and others that David Moyes has got one game to save his season. And in perfect storybook fashion, they're playing against Moyes' old team. West Ham playing Everton. This is huge for Moyes. West Ham have been terrible. And, you know, pretty much all season, but certainly the last two or three months, either side of the World Cup, they've been really, really poor there's no energy in that team. There's nothing. There's talk about them signing Danny Ings today. We'll see what happens with that and we'll report on it tomorrow if it goes through. But there's just no energy. There's nothing. I'd, I'd, I'm not saying the players have stopped playing for him, but they certainly don't seem to be particularly motivated at the moment. I mean, there is talk that if they lose to Everton, it could be that David Moyes may well be sacked and then may well be the next Everton boss. He might go back. So a strange turn of events could be on the cards. We'll wait and see. It's an interesting one. Um, Anyway, look, we're running out of time. So wherever you're watching Spurs against City tonight, I hope you enjoy it. And I'll be back same time, same place tomorrow on more Whistleblowers Daily. Sports Social Podcast Network.